top shelf fantasy. All right, it's November 20th, which means Thanksgiving's next weekend. Woo, can't wait. Turkey Bowl, baby. This will be my first year not there in a while. We'll all be wearing masks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We'll I, all be playing six feet I'm apart. Pretty sure, I'm pretty <laughs> sure on a school ground, you will not be allowed in. I mean, whatever. I mean, we've never had a problem in the past. We were just down playing uh, flag football two weekends ago at the um, main field in town. And yeah. police sitting right there watching us play. Well, not well, a mask. Right. Yeah, I, guess, I guess never mind then. Yeah. But, I mean, usually there's six feet of separation between me and whoever's trying to cover me anyway. So. <laughs> Corey's burn rate through the roof. <laughs> Great burn rate <laughs> through the roof. Uh, but no, seriously, I will not be there. Not because of a COVID fear, but I'll be in North Carolina. It's a little tough to play when you're in another state. Yeah, I'll be there in spirit. I'll try. You know, Facetime me in. <laughs> I, I'm just running down the field. I'm Corey. I'm Corey. Okay. Give me six feet. Give, Give me that. six feet. I'll get that virtual MVP. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we're Top Shelf Fantasy. TopShelfFantasy.com. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Top Shelf FNTSY. You know Instagram the went uh, nutty <laughs> yeah. today, it sounds like. Scott put a up. nice, uh, sexy pick of Stefan Diggs up there. and Yeah. People love it. Enjoyed I, that. On, I honestly think it might have something to do with how fucking nuts the Bills Mafia is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think that it has to be it. We have a massive following in Buffalo, New York, we don't know about. <laughs> you know what? I mean, we, I would love to, that. Honestly. I love the Bills. And we talk about Josh Allen nonstop. Nonstop. We talk like, about Allen. I mean, I would, I'd would i say I mentioned Devin Singletary on a weekly basis, too. I've had Zach Moss's starts for a while. I mean, about how much they sucked out, right? Yeah. It's not a lot of good things. Yeah. One of my clients, so I got him a Devin Singletary jersey. I finally gave it to him this week. I've had it for, like, since the beginning of the season. And I linked up with him. Uh, and he's like, oh, thanks so much, man. I was like, yeah, like, when I got this, I really thought he was going to have a better season. He goes, oh, you're telling me he's on all my fantasy teams. <laughs> I was like, dude, I feel you. Trust me. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people feel that way, unfortunately. <laughs> um. We're going into week 11. Yes, sir. So we have some news. Good news. Bad news. Plenty of news. news. (laughs) Yeah. Let's just talk about that real quick. Right off the bat. Judge in Colombo. The offensive line Colombo. Colombo. Yeah. They get into a fist fight, and then Peyton and Winston get into a fist fight. The the funniest part of the Judge Colombo fist fight is that then immediately Colombo is fired. Judge is like, okay, yeah. you beat me up, you're fired. <laughs> like, okay. I'm scared of you. I'm like, not at all surprised that that's something that Joe Judge did. Oh, me neither. And then flip side, Winston and Sean Payton get into it. Winston's, Winston's bench, essentially, is not playing quarterback this week, but, you know, he's not cut. He, Sean Payton, he can take his lumps. So those of you confused, there was a, a quick update from a guy who had a source on the inside that said that Winston and Sean Payton had duked it out and that Winston got the better of Sean Payton and was immediately demoted. So, and this happened Friday morning. So, I think he was upset that Taysom Hill was getting starting reps all week. And the team's like, listen, man, you just signed here for two mil. We really didn't want you here. <laughs> so, Payton probably well, pissed him off. Was it a one-year deal Winston year, signed for? One-year deal, yep. So, he's, so he's going to be looking at this. Like, if you're Jameis Winston, first of all, you need to be on your best behavior. I don't care if the coach spits in your face. Like, you go out there with the Saints office and you take those reps and you Teddy Bridgewater and you turn it into a big deal somewhere else. You are a stupid, dumb idiot, which we've known about Winston for a while. He is dumb as a box of rocks. 
and he gets in a fight with his coach and then loses the, a great opportunity to put on a showcase for the entire NFL. Idiot. Taysom Hill, now we'll go out there and do the same thing, but Taysom Hill's going to stay in New Orleans because nobody else is going to use a 30-plus-year-old quarterback. Well, because they, they actually right. signed him for a two-year contract for $21 million. Yeah, he's got so money there, too. Yeah, it's like <laughs> ten, yeah, ten and a half a year. Which That's a like, commitment. I'm like, where are the Saints getting this money? Right. Why do the Patriots have all undrafted players and the Saints are signing Taysom Hill for twenty eleven well, million a year? I looked at uh, Kamara's contract. Okay. Kamara's making like eight hundred thousand dollars this year. Very it's all backloaded. Yeah. Yep. And you know That's what? That's where the money's coming from. You know what you don't hear? A peep out of him. He just goes out there, he plays every down. You know, he was hurt last year, whatever, he played through it. He like not a, you got to respect that as a, as a pro athlete, Correctly, especially in this day of holdouts from everybody a year ahead of when their contract is expiring. Right. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it wasn't Alvin that. Kamara undrafted? No, uh, no, he, he was, was late, late, late round, third, third round, or third round. Like yeah. I'm, I'll just wait for the day when uh, Peyton gives him the Mark Ingram treatment and he's on the on his deal where he's making 21 million a year, but you know. 15 million of that is in incentives. And he's like, yeah, 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 I'm going to bring this guy, Tim Hightower out of retirement <laughs> and give him 40 carries a game. Yeah. And Tom, you nailed it. Third round, 67 yeah, third, overall. Yeah, third round. Yeah. But he's going to be what? That's 2017. So he's due for his, he's either going to get extended. No, third round. He got his deal. He oh, already, he got, oh, he already it's all backloaded. That's what he's, you're saying. Okay. Yeah. It's all backloaded. That's yeah. where they're getting the 21 million to do that. Yeah. That being said, Jameis, uh, dumb, dumb. Pats would like you. Oh, I mean, we'll, we'll take you. Why not? I mean, I'd rather Fitzpatrick. Patrick, but I'd rather uh, Wentz. I'd rather Wentz. Okay, Wentz is under contract, though. That's the only thing. Um, okay, let's uh, let's get back to it. Let's get into some fantasy news of players who probably aren't playing on Sunday. Craig, you you who, who are you, you, okay. you can go. Well, there's there's some here. mixed in and mixed out news. So just uh, hear it as it comes. Devontae Adams didn't practice all week yet. He is a full go for uh, playing on Sunday. Kenny Galladay and Danny Amendola are out. Marvin Jones and TJ Hawkinson are questionable, but leaning towards in. So that covers the entire lines. Um, well, except for the fact that Quintez uh, Cephas, excuse me. Yeah, excuse you. DeAndre, Hall, please. DeAndre Swift is out with a concussion that showed up on Wednesday. So I don't know if it happened in practice or, or whatever. It was just, it kind of showed up midweek. Really, he's, uh, he's out. Really glad I finally cut bait on Adrian Peterson. So I'm just going <laughs> to scramble and pick him back up. I just traded for Swift last week, week, week too. Um, and then Sam Darnold is out. Uh, Joe Flacco is starting. That's notable because that changes uh, Jameson Crowder's look um, and Brashard Perryman if he's playing and, and, and also Mims. CEH is playing. Uh, so his status this week uh, in practice was always questionable. So he is in. Uh, Calvin Ridley will be playing for the first time in a few weeks. Uh, Joe Mixon is out for what seems to be like the fifth time. It, dude, it's terrible. It, I think it's five weeks in a row now. Well, plus a bye, yeah. so four and a bye. And it's like, yep, he's question and he's questionable. He's yeah. limited all week, every week. Well, Figure no, it out. Sit, th- sit if you need to rest. This week was even weirder. So last week he was limited, limited, and I think he had a, th- a full Thursday and Friday practice. They said he's a game time decision, and then I think he honestly was limited or did not practice in some of the uh, uh, practice reports this past week. So that was pretty crazy. And he, could, he well, again, he just got his deal. Now he doesn't need to play. So I got my money. It, it must be a Bengals thing. Because, this I mean, this was this was A.J. Green to us back half of last year. Oh, he's practicing, but he's not on the field. And I, I just wanted to point out, it's the same thing with Galladay. Galladay yeah. practiced yep. on Wednesday, and then he didn't practice on Thursday. That yep. hip scares the shit out of me Yeah, right so now. he Yeah, he practiced in a limited fashion. So 
it, it could very well could have been that he went out and went, uh, I'm still not ready. Yeah, I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, and I haven't heard what his hip injury is. I just keep hearing hip. Is it a hip pointer? Because that's, you know, it could be five, six weeks. It makes sense. He's on the timeline. If yeah. it's like a hip flexor strain, this could be a career thing. Like you're going to, it's going to flare up every year. Yeah. Without proper rest yep. and treatment. You know? Yep. And, and if that's see- it, shut it down. You're the Lions. You're not winning the Super Bowl this year. Shut uh, it down. Look what they do with Kelvin Johnson, though. They completely mismanage that whole thing. So yep. they're going to screw up Kenny Galladay. Imagine. Kenny, come to the Patriots come to now the Patriots. before <laughs> the eight years of rumors that it's going to happen. You and Jameis. We'll put you, we'll put you we'll on be, IR right away. Oh, so, <laughs> so fast. So fast. Your head will spin. Um, okay, we totally got away from Joe Mixon there. Yeah, but, but no, that's that's yeah, that's fine. So we're going to go over to the uh, best running back in the league. CMC has been labeled as out again. Um, and then their quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater, with a sprained MCL last week is still questionable. Uh, reason that this is important is because they don't even know yet if P.J. Walker or um, Will Greer will start if t- Teddy Bridgewater doesn't uh, play. And it seems as though that they really want to do everything they can to get him on the field. Uh, Matt Stafford had some torn tendons in his thumb, but he is expected to play. I had some news that Zeke had a tight hamstring in practice this week. So that is a little concerning on the fact that he has also not done very well uh, as of late, and they are coming off their bye. So that even being news is a little sketchy. I would very, I would, I would tempt expectations, um, the low expectations that there are. Uh, and then Zach Ertz, speaking of low expectations, uh, was practicing but is not expected to play this weekend. Uh, may not play again, but he is practicing. And he was not this. even good when he was on the field. So he comes back. He's not. A, he's not a lock start like he used to be. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And then another tight end, Noah Fant, who has been questionable all week, um, is still questionable to play. Drew Locke has some uh, severe rib bruising that uh, he may or may not play. So Again, same thing with the Panther situation. They don't want their backup to play. Um, I can't remember what Denver's record is, but I really don't know why they would have to try and force Locke out there. I don't think it's that great of a record. Um, but anyway, they're going to try and play him. And then Matt Breida, to end it on some good news, is a uh, full participant, completely off the injury report, expected to play. He's not going to touch the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm so disappointed in Breida. Also, the you know, Bro- Broncos are 3-6, and six, by the way, Craig. So, yeah. yeah don't so play. I don't bomb. know why they're trying to force Lock out there. Oh, I mean, I, I mean, this is what happened with Breeze, right? He cracked three ribs in the game prior. And then, and then played them, and then they're all broken. It's shocking when you play NFL football and you get hit by a six foot six, three hundred pound defensive lineman that you'll crack and break ribs. It's crazy that people can, that they, that that happens. <laughs> like, dude, you cracked ribs. Sit. Yeah, let's. You're Drew Brees. You've you've proven it. Go take it. Take a game off. You'll be all right. And then, like Tom, are you gonna get into Matt Breida? Like, I think everybody in the world drafted Matt Breida to expected a lot more than what he's done this year, which is approximately zero points. He's a friggin' Iron Man. I mean, he he played hurt so many games in San Francisco, yeah. and it's like, I have cracked ribs. I'm just sit out. It's like, yeah. Those rib injuries this year, man. I just, I, don't, <laughs> I mean, he doesn't have a rib injury. I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't a, know what his actually. It was a, it was a hamstring injury. I just, just don't know. Like, off. if if Flores is saying, "Listen, we're fine at running back. We got guys. Salvin we got guys med. filling in, doing good enough. We're we're still winning games. Rest, get ready, come back when you're good." If that's it, fine. Like smart coaching. If it's Matt Breida saying I'm not ready to play, it's a different story. I don't think Matt Breida. Those words don't come out of his mouth. I don't think. And and I think that's correct. So hopefully it's the coaching staff, and you're seeing the Dolphins maybe for a huge turn in their franchise, being smart with an injury and not rushing people back. And 
treating their players appropriately. Maybe they'll get a little bit more uh, activity in free agency in the future. But I'd like. I, to. I love seeing what Flores has done with the team, and if this is him saying don't come back too soon, I would support that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I want to add one thing to the notes. Jordan Howard. Yeah. Supposedly visiting the Eagles. He has signed with the Eagles practice oh, squad. Oh, he signed. Has signed with the, with the practice, practice squad. squad. Yep. The practice Wonderful. Squad. I just didn't add it in because I don't Can't know. Can't wait for him to have like 15 carries for uh, eight yards. Oh, dude. Good yeah. Lord. And a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, like four of them. Yeah. Well, you have like four Miles touchdowns. Sanders finally gets healthy. They bring in Jordan Howard. Yeah. My goodness. Miles I mean, Boston, just like... Boston Scott was Yeah, phenomenal. Boston Scott was That's fun. why I just don't understand why. But anyway, I digress. The Eagles suck. They're they they are not good and they're just the most convoluted team in the league. They got a million running backs who all do kind of the same thing, and then Jordan Howard runs backwards, which is different, so that's cool. And then you have no receivers. Why don't you bring in a receiver? Why don't you bring in what's uh Taylor Gabriel still out there? Like maybe try one of these guys who have been actual pass catchers in the uh, NFL instead of keep bringing in practice squad running backs. I, I got a lot of suggestions for the Eagles front office. <laughs> I mean, in a room with Doug Peterson. They. Doug Peterson, I think, is a bad coach. I actually literally – I, I just brought up Taylor Gabriel. I saw him on uh, some list of players earlier today. And I was like, I completely forgot that he's, like, still out there. And teams yeah. that are needy at receiver, like, you could do a lot worse than Taylor Gabriel. Dude, River Crocroft is, has a job. Like, exactly. Okay. I like him, though. <laughs> I've been thinking about picking him up in Dynasty multiple times. I've been like, eh, well, hmm. well, I guess in that case, I'll just shoot over here. <laughs> I would love to pick a lot of guys up, but I don't want to score any points on my bench. Well, that's exactly <laughs> my point. So I've just been going through trying to find people with the funniest names and be like, okay, I'll pick him up. River Cockroft. He's going he's to get one. <laughs> um, all right, let's jump into some stats. Stitties. So I want to give a shout-out to a site that I've scoured on, just in case they're listening. SharpFootballStats.com. Wonderful visualizations that they put in there and some really nice tools. But it put me in a statistical mental cramp earlier. Like, I was literally sitting there for probably two or three hours just combing through all the data and changing the visualizations they had. And then I'm texting you guys. I was like, holy shit, it's 730. I have nothing prepared. I've well, done nothing. None of, you, none of this makes sense. Because it's like you said to us, it's it's very, very good data. But it's fairly raw. Even with the yeah. visual representations, it's raw. There's no explanation. There's not a lot of words. It's just For, here's some numbers, and here's how you can analyze them, and here's a visual representation, but figure it out from there. Well, yeah. It, but it, it's great. For it's, me to tell you that Minnesota is leading the league in rushing attempts – should be like no news to many people or or uh, run to pass ratio, whatever. Yeah. Um, I'll try and contextualize that later. I couldn't do it in an hour. So we go back to looking at snaps and pass routes. And uh, you guys should see in the docket a list of players. I actually put them there for nice. you. That's very nice and convenient. Yes. Yeah. It's much easier With, without them. actually giving you the questions or anything. So you have a list of players in front of you, and I don't even know what that order is, but it is currently ordered in wide receivers with the most snaps in the NFL. Okay. So uh, Michael Gallup actually leads all wide receivers in the NFL with snaps at 589. Interesting. Yeah. That's very interesting. (laughs) Very. Yeah. And then Stephon Diggs comes in. Out of that list of eight players, and I'll read off the eight players for the listeners. Michael Gallup, Stephon Diggs, uh, Allen Robinson, Keenan Allen, Terry McLaurin, DeAndre Hopkins, DK Metcalf, Mike Evans. I think you just gave us the answer. No. Because you just read he off a different list. Yet, 
I, I haven't even asked you the question. I have it sorted differently on, on my thing. Don't don't you worry about it, okay? <laughs> I'm going to go off of this. Okay. <laughs> off of the list that I gave you, mm-hmm. Michael Gallup, Stephon Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins, Allen Robinson, DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, who's run the most pass routes? Mike Gallup. Did you just say that? Oh, no, he's, he played the most snaps. He's played the most snaps. So, okay, he, okay. so Michael Gallup's been on the field more than any other wide receiver in the league. Okay. I who's want you to tell me routes? who's run the most routes. Okay. <clears throat> I have my answer whenever you're ready. I think I have my answer. I'm going to go Stephon Diggs. I'm going to go Keenan Allen. Allen Robinson. Fucking Chicago. Three hundred ninety-one. Michael Gallup's number two at three eighty-two. Damn. Yeah. What are we all missing? Stephon Diggs comes in at three hundred seventy-six pass routes, and who'd you say, Craig? Keenan Allen. Allen. Yeah, he's run the the least amount of routes (laughs) out of that list. That's (laughs) That's sweet. Um. Okay. So we know who's on the field most. We know who's running the most routes. Who's who's most available to receive a target? Who's leading? The target rate on routes run. So running the route, not, you know, and getting the target. So that's obviously not Michael Gallup. I'm going to stick with Stephon Diggs. Yeah, honestly, I'm going to go with Stephon Diggs based off of a graphic we put up earlier today on Instagram. Number one? Number one. Keenan Allen, 31%. (laughs) (laughs) Of course it is. (laughs) Stephon Diggs is getting a target on 27% of his routes run. He is number two, and that is fourth in the NFL behind... Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, Keenan Allen, and then Stephon Diggs. Wow. Uh, Jacoby Myers didn't make the list because he wasn't in in snaps, in in overall snaps. But, yeah, he, I mean, he's getting upwards of 30% of his routes run. He's getting a target. Makes sense because who else? (laughs) There's no other. He was on the freaking special teams for the first eight weeks. Michael Gallup. Coming in at a whopping fourteen <laughs> percent, like he's just running around, not oh. no targets. <laughs> Again, has to be the most frustrating thing. As in, you've made it to the NFL. You're like, I am one of the best players that I've ever come across. I'm so good at football. Cannot get a look. He's just out there running, <laughs> he's just running around. Hey, go enjoy your sixty minute cardio session. Hey, Michael. Um, just so you know, this year we just need you to take the safety over the top. Uh, we want to try and open up the running game. <laughs> Which hasn't worked. CD. <laughs> yeah. yeah, seriously. All right. Next one. Next one. Last one about snaps and targets for this list of players. Who has the least amount of snaps per target? So I'm going to put this in perspective. We talked about who's on the field, who's running the most routes, who's getting the most targets on those routes. But who is getting, who has to have the least amount of snaps to get a target? I, I I understand the question. Um, Harry McLaurin. I was gonna go. I was gonna go DK Metcalf. I, that was my other choice, but I'm, I'm going Terry. Stephon Diggs. Son of a bitch! That's why you smiled at me. <laughs> <laughs> so for every if for, for whopping uh, zero for three today. So every um, five point six snaps, Stephon Diggs is getting a target, and that is fifth in the NFL behind Devontae Adams, Deontay Johnson. Jameson Crowder, Robbie Anderson. Wow. Robbie Obviously, Anderson. Robbie Anderson. But, I mean, again, snaps per target. So, yeah. I mean, if they're, yeah. Um, down at the bottom, Michael Gallup, 
<laughs> Takes him 10 snaps to get a target. That makes Ten, sense. 10.7. So that like follows every, logically. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Where There's was, like uh, three targets a game. <laughs> where was Scary Terry on that? Uh, at uh, targets per or snaps per target, 6.4. He uh, came in out of those eight players, he came in at fourth. I don't know where he stands in the NFL. I just assume, you know, he's out there. He's really the only receiver down in Washington, but what can you do? They they do, do throw it to the running back uh, every other play. Yeah, I mean, J.D. McKissick's gotten like 35 targets in the last two games. <laughs> Something yeah. ridiculous. Um, all right, we can go to the second one. And this is looking at the same concept of who's on the field most, who's running most routes, who's most targeted, blah, 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 blah. But in the red zone. So oh, I don't have a list of players here in front of me. Is that just me? Oh, I do not have that list as well. Okay, well, get, just just I'll I'll read them. I need my word bank. I'll type it. I'll you, read them. You got yeah, it. I got it. Yeah, you're Juju, Tyreek Hill, Mike Evans, Devontae Adams, Tyler Boyd, Thielen, Calvin Ridley. And Zach Pascal. Zach Pascal. Okay. Yep. Um, those are in no particular order. Um, I feel like the answer has to be Devontae Adams for but, everything. <laughs> but what this what this list is is the top uh, eight wide receivers with the most red zone snaps. So I can read them in descending order. Devontae Adams has the most red zone snaps. Then Mike Evans, Tyler Boyd, Adam Thielen, Zach Pascal, Calvin Ridley, Tyreek Hill, Juju Smith-Schuster. So that is most red zone snaps to least out of these eight. These are the top eight in the NFL. Zach Pascal, 69 red zone snaps. Nice. nice. Hopefully he just hangs it up in the red zone for the rest of the year. Like, who the hell is this guy? And why is he on the field? That's because T.Y. Uh, Hilton. The fifth most time in the NFL in the Prior red zone. Prior to Pittman's breakout, Zach Pascal was literally the wide receiver one there. Yeah. Maybe he's irrelevant to this list. <laughs> he, pre- he pretty much is. Don't, you don't have to worry about him. Do not guess him. Uh, so knowing who's on the field the it's most, uh, who's targeted the most in the red zone? Devontae Adams. Oh, shoot. Mike Evans. I think I actually no. It's Tyler Boyd. Mike Evans. Devontae Adams and Mike Evans are tied at 14 targets Son in the red zone. Tyler Boyd's at 11. Well, so the uh, stats we did like three weeks ago, we were there was a bunch of Tyler Boyd and and Aaron yeah, we were we like were that, so yeah, we were talking about uh, targets and stuff, but that was just a random sample of uh, the same like players or whatever. Should have yeah. just stuck with Adams. Um, okay, of those eight, who has the best red zone catch rate? So who's catching most of their targets? Mm, Mike Evans. Juju. Devontae Adams. <laughs> I was just Devon- thinking, you the had, list you came had him out. At the, you had him at the lowest, so I was like, oh, he's got the least. He only doesn't have to catch as many balls to have a higher percentage. So the, the list is out, and I immediately go, the answer to everything is Devontae Adams, and I have yet to guess it right. <laughs> you, you didn't guess him. You should guess him. He's been an absolute monster in the red zone, which is just like, and I'm, I, was, I was looking at um, a couple other things. He just, like, the... 
Devontae Adams is the red zone for the Green Bay Packers. That that is basically what this breaks down to. Oh yeah, and he's uh, got he's got every route and every move in the book when they get down there. He's got you know the inside slant, he's got the outside fade post, like you name it, he's got it, and he's got the hands to back all the routes up. He's, he's like, Go put the ball there. He, he's again. very aggressive too. Yeah. Very aggressive. Powerful big body receiver. He's I mean he looks kind of slim, but he's strong for a wide receiver. Yeah. He overpowers a lot of corners. And this isn't just to be a Devontae Adams thing. <laughs> um, I did want to uh, bake in a couple other guys here. Mike Evans catch rate down in the red zone, 57%. It's not. That that's good. not, that's not, not good. Adam Thielen's at 83% on 12 red zone targets. Um, all right, last one. Whose snap to target rate is highest? So who's playing the least amount of snaps per target in the red zone? Calvin Ridley. Tyreek Hill. Juju. Ah! So Juju, every every four snaps, Juju's getting a target in the red zone. Every four red zone snaps for Juju, he's getting a target. Yeah, get Calvin Ridley's board. at two at five. I just assume they were just hammering the ball in Pittsburgh because James Conner was getting all those one-yard touching uh, touchdown runs. It's like, ah, oh, he can't yeah. be Juju. He's too many snaps. And I didn't think so either because I thought Claypool was – well, I guess this makes sense because Claypool is in probably more often in the red zone. Maybe they Juju. bring in – Claypool and Deontay Johnson and say go out and block or Claypool and a tight end Deontay Johnson shouldn't be there it should be always yeah actually you Juju. know what it probably is is two tight ends and uh Chase yeah figure it out we cracked the code me and Craig are super smart we know how to stop the 9-0 Steelers yeah <laughs> <laughs> give, give, us a, give us a call <laughs> yeah if you want the uh the game plan it'll be a hundred thousand dollars in a duffel bag well that's all we I'll have. take the job <laughs> I'll take the job more than a hundred grand in a duffel bag at least I get benefits. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I was going to say I'm happy with the job I have now, but the no benefits is... <laughs> I finally had to get health insurance. It's a nightmare. <laughs> I have nothing else. Oh, that's okay. All, that's all I oh, have. All right. we've, made all it, I we've made it through the stats. For the we we made it through uh, the stats. It may have been a bit underwhelming. I know. But, I mean, there's, this is know. where the interesting information comes in, though. Like, stuff that you wouldn't expect. And these are guys... Who, if you still if you don't have a trade deadline in your league, like target the guys that are getting red zone uh, looks or that are converting red zone looks. If you have a person who's on the fence about Juju versus Tyreek, well, okay, well Juju, I mean, you probably shouldn't be having that conversation. You should probably be playing Tyreek, but you know, yeah. try to sell it. Hey, dude, Juju's getting all these red zone targets, man. Tyreek doesn't see those. Well, Zach Pascal, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Zach Pascal is nasty. Just give me all your guys. Yeah, I um, hold on, I I, I filtered this earlier. Okay. Yes. This this statistic is or th- this number is just wildly amusing. The top three players in the NFL with the most red zone snaps. Could you take a shot? And the top three players red zone. So like quarterback, tight end, wide receiver. No, just wide receivers. Just wide receivers. I was gonna say like offensive linemen. Um, wide receivers. High. Uh... Yikes. Um. I have to You're never going to get really this. Let me, be... let me just give you the answer. You're yeah. never going to get it. Sure. Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Nope, wouldn't have guessed that. At 137 red zone snaps. Devontae was... Adams at 136 red zone snaps. Alan Lazard <laughs> at 133 red zone snaps. The top three wide receivers in the NFL in red zone snaps, all coming from the Packers. How can it be Lazard? He's been on the field three games. Lazard has played 177 snaps total. 
And how many is he in the red zone? 133. Lazard is constantly in the red zone. Like, they get in the red zone, he's, go out there. It's like they're running three wide receiver sets in the red zone. Right. I mean, when they were in the beginning of the season, when all three of them are on the field, they were getting, like, 35-plus points a game. Yeah, and Devontae was down for a game there. So, Lazard would have had those looks, which, yeah. All right. But still, all three of them? Yeah, no freaking idea. That's just that speaks to the formations that are being run down, which is actually one of the things that I was looking at on the on the sharp football stats website is they show formations. But I'm like, I don't have enough time to contextualize all this. So that will probably be something for next week. But you have that run to pass in the red zone. Can you pull that up? Yeah. And tell me what their run to pass ratio is for Green Bay. Oh, it has to be so heavy pass. It'd be they're so probably, heavy pass, which means in, a lot. Probably in shock, and they're probably not running it there. And George explains why. Well, yeah. this is this this also these splits are looking at actual plays, not snaps. Mm. So there's there's a difference what there. There they not a play. It I can be on the field and be a blocking wide receiver on a run play, and that counts as a red zone snap. Oh, okay, all right. So it's not... right. So they they in the red zone are passing fifty percent of the time. Green Bay is so it's fifty fifty because there are teams. This is this is this is more or less just formational. This just shows that there's three wide receivers or at least two wide receivers almost constantly in the red zone for the Green Bay Packers. If all three of these, I really more or less the the biggest mind blow to me was Alan Lazard's 177 total snaps. Like eighty percent of them were in the red zone. I was gonna just say that's a huge percentage. You're like, dude, you want to play at any other time? He's like, nah, just play in the red zone. Then he had to go get core muscle surgery. So they're so the tight ends must really not play all that much. I mean, Tunyon was irrelevant until they had until the one three injuries at wide receiver. Where yeah, right. Lazard, uh, the I think MVS was still playing, but Adams and Lazard were out. Can I, can I just give you something even more shocking? Of course. MVS has played 465 total snaps. Devontae Adams has played 373. MVS is on the field more often than Devontae Adams is. How disgusting. Did Adams miss a couple games? Well, anyway, yeah, so Adams did miss a couple. I mean, there was there was that. It's usually between like 50. It's around 50 snaps, you would say, a game. Aaron Rodgers stinks, though. He stinks. <laughs> he's got all the best receivers Honestly, in the world. Honestly, it, it sounds like he's just got 20-yard passes to do all game. Yeah. Yeah, what are you going to do? It's crazy. But I guess that's not. I do not advocate going to pick up MVS or start him. I already picked him up. Screw so that guy. <laughs> Screw that guy. Yeah. All right. Can't start him, especially with Alan Lazard coming back, because we have no idea what that offense is going to look like. Uh, Devontae Adams. Heavy dose of Devontae Adams. Yeah. Especially in the red zone, as we just looked at. Uh, let's get into starting sits then. Yes, sir. We had like no sound for this. It's just me. I just odd for uh, a full second. Starts it. Starts All right. it. Start, st- start, start. Sit, sit, Starts it. <laughs> there we go. Okay. <laughs> well, clip that. I think we just got our <laughs> clip. Uh, I'm starting Naheem Hines this week for reasons I wrote down somewhere, and I'd like to go pull up to read to you. It doesn't uh, matter because they're, they're looking at this, and all of our listeners are going at the 35 minute when Craig and Corey sang, we flipped it right off. <laughs> yeah, we're good. Yeah, we're all set. Uh, what did I say? I said something. It'll be on topshelffantasy.com. But more or less, I think that Naheem Hines' floor is closer to 10 to 12 points. Uh, JT's banged up or he just sucks. Like, I don't know what the hell's going on. Jordan Wilkins, in my opinion, is a bum running back. They keep giving the ball to him. But 
Hines appears to be the only playmaker on the team. We want to talk about snaps and red zone opportunity and all that. I should have looked that up for Hines while I was at it. That probably would have been something good to know. But what I can tell you is he scored two TDs last week. He looks like the playmaker this offense needs, uh, especially with T.Y. Hilton. Uh, you know, I sent you over that screenshot, too. Naheem Hines is top two or three in the league for points per snap. Uh, fantasy points per touch, wasn't touch. it? Yeah. yeah, fantasy points per touch at like 1.2, which is fantastic. I mean, that's a solid output. Yeah, he's scoring a lot when he's given the opportunity. Yeah, it was like Alvin Kamara, Naheem Hines. Okay, good company to keep. Right there. I didn't hear Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook for Naheem Hines, straight up. (laughs) Somebody do it. Perfect trade. I have Naheem Hines, so you give me Dalvin Cook. Sounds good. Deal. Yeah. Lock it in. Go behind that wood pile over there. (laughs) Who are you starting, Craig? Damian Harris. We're starting the weirdest group of running backs this week. I'm actually yeah, I'm, I'm sitting Damian Harris. He's, 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 he's sitting Damian Harris. You'll see, that on the, oh, you'll see my rebuttal on the site. Man. You'll see that in, yeah, exactly. Go to the topshelfantasy.com and hit on the start and sit. Start, start, start. Shotgun battle, shotgun some waters. Uh, Damian oh, Harris has averaged 14 rushing attempts per game since he's been off of IR, which was week four. Uh, he's coming off his best game of his career, had 22 attempts and 121 yards. This is all while Rex Burkhead was still involved. Um, James White seems to have been taking a back seat. Sony Michelle is not off IR again. And I would expect uh, either what we just saw may not be 22 snaps, but I think he hits that century mark again uh, against Tennessee, uh, excuse me, Texans. Uh, this week will allow the second most fantasy points to the running back position. Um, I have full confidence. I would have full confidence in him going from now to the end of the year, even when Sony comes back. I, I think was, yeah, just going to ask you, are you troubled by the return of Sony Michelle? Not, Not at, at all. all. Nope. I think that last year was a red shirt year for Harris. Maybe freaked out some people. People spilt, still may be hanging that out. Um, but again, we talked about, you know, if Kenny Galladay came to the Patriots, put him on the IR right away. Yep. Nikhil Harry had an eight week IR stint when he first came here. So that's, that's what they do with players that aren't acclimated into the system. They just kind of hold off, wait till they know it, and then they release him. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, I won't fight you on that at all. I think he look, he's looked great, like best running back on the team by far. I'm just worried about the shares, you know, if, if he loses touches. But that's a different conversation. My guy, my star of the week, J.D. McKissick, is not a guy that you have to worry about shares for because Alex Smith inexplicably loves throwing the guy the ball. And I should say there's a caveat to this start. You have to be in a half PPR or PPR league. If you don't have PPR in some capacity in your league, JD McKissick's value falls off a friggin' table. If you do, 10 targets, 14 or sorry, 14 targets and 15 targets in the last two weeks, converting into nine and seven catches respectively. That's huge points just from a catch perspective for a running back. You add in that he's getting 40, 50, 60 yards a game. He hasn't found the end zone yet, and he's still been in double-digit points. If he can scamper one of these into the end zone, you're looking at a monster day from a guy that you probably picked up three weeks ago. He's probably sitting around and kicking around on your waivers. So easy start for me, J.D. McKissick. You have to start him until he doesn't give you a good game, which could be at any week at this point. But if Alex Smith continues to check down to him like he has done with the running backs through his whole career, he should be golden. Uh, then we got Scotty's. Yeah, he's starting Geo. Yeah, with Joe mixed out, start the starter. Like easy. Yeah, his man crush from like six years ago. <laughs> he does love Geo. I hate Geo. I have something against him. I don't I do too. I think it's just it's like it's like. Well, you're a mixing guy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but it's just like ingrained in me. I think it was ever since I saw him get lit up on that. Like remember that it was a pass out to the flat. He got smoked by a <laughs> linebacker. 
Yeah. And then came back. He missed like two weeks, then he came back and did the same play again. He was out for the year. And I was like, yeah, that's like, the last time I picked him up. He's like 5'4". Yeah. So. I've held it against him ever since then. <laughs> he has been fantastic as a starter, though. So yeah. Joe Mixon's out, you start Gio. Well, you know the thing is, too, he's 5'4". One of the best blitz pickup guys in the league. It's crazy. Oh, how there's well. a reason why they keep him around. Yeah. yeah. He's a great pass pro guy. He's MJD. Great pass pro guy. Stay in the league if you can play, uh, pass protect. Yeah, it's always about leverage. Whoever gets lower, and it's pretty easy when you start that low. Exactly. Um, then Scott's got his sit, Todd Gurley. Mm-hmm. I think I'm sitting Todd Gurley, too. Yeah, I mean, his logic is pretty much, I think, that the Saints have the one of the top two. I think they're maybe their second place against stopping the run. They've allowed two touchdowns on the year. Yeah. Todd Gurley's a good city. He's a touchdown-dependent running back, really, if you look at his stats. Mm-hmm. He could still easily find the end zone if they get down to the goal line. He punches one in. But I think it's a low percentage play, which is, I think, what Scott's trying to represent here. Yeah. Right. No, that was uh, pretty much exactly my write-up. So Okay. Sorry to steal that from yeah, you. Yeah, Scotty <laughs> stole it from me. Way <laughs> to go, Scotty. Thanks, man. <laughs> um, then I've got my sit also. we got a lot of running backs this week. Boo. Yeah, I've said Aaron Jones. Um, it's kind of – I don't know. I've said it before, and I think it's really important to realize that Aaron Jones – and his status as a top running back is inflated due to his 40-point outburst earlier in the season. More often than not, he's an RB2. If you are fine with him giving you six to eight points, you can start him. But if your anticipation is he's going to give you RB1 numbers, he's not start-worthy. And that's that's more where I'm coming from. This is not so much a sit as a temporary expectations, but I would sit him against the Colts if you have other options. You likely don't. If you picked Aaron Jones, you probably picked him in the first or early second round. You might have to start him. But if you have other options against Indy and with what he's been able to return and the stats that we just read off about how often the uh, Packers are throwing the ball in the in the end, uh, red zone, his opportunity might just not be there. So go for a guy who I would play my start, James Conner, over him this week. If, if there was realistically probably playing both again. But if there's a situation where you can play James Conner, sit Aaron Jones and filter in another wide receiver into your flex spot, do that. Yeah, I am an Aaron Jones owner. In a couple leagues, and uh, I don't love the matchup. There's, there's this like rule in fantasy football in 2020: start everyone against Atlanta in the in, in Dallas. Yep. Sit everyone against Indy. Indy. So, <laughs> so. I, I was sitting someone against Indy as well. It's actually it's Aaron Rodgers, and um, uh, there. Uh, so we we talked. You talked. You hit it. Week four, whatever the hell it was. That indie this year just looked like they were just That's what not is. allowing plays. Like you don't allow it's plays, not you're not going to allow yards. They are first in uh, run uh, stopping and uh, fourth in pass stopping, and then first in you know total yards again. So yeah, their their defense is real good. Yeah, Imagine and, if they had a quarterback. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if they had an offense. It's it's nuts. <laughs> but I mean, my Aaron Jones is akin to my Zeke Elliott sit from a couple weeks ago. It's like. And I, I nailed that. I mean, he comes out, gives you eight points. Yeah. That does not win you a game. More, more than likely, it loses you a game. What we're trying to do is win games. Take a guy with higher upside. Yep. But, yeah, I mean, Indy, scary as hell. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> a secondary, I believe, that is uh, moving back on the right track is the New England Patriots. So, with uh, Deshaun Watson coming in, he is going to have some trouble. Um, reasons that I am sitting Brandon Cooks. One... And only reason, J.C. Jackson. So he got burnt against the Jets, right? Bashard Perryman, um, you know, had uh, played him a little bit. Um, he was on Denzel Mims on a, a long catch as well. Uh, but 
after what we saw last week against Baltimore, he stepped up. Stephon Gilmer has been out for a couple of weeks, so J.C. Jackson's been on the number one guy. He does expect to play this week. And, yes, St- Stephon uh, uh, Gilmore does expect to play this week, so that was that was another thing that I was going to add in because uh, Will Fuller is obviously the better wide receiver, so I believe Gilmore will be on Fuller. Um, it could it very well could be that J.C. Jackson's on Fuller, but I just think the better matchup is on Cooks because um, I forget what the pro football – focus number is on deep targets i couldn't actually grab that number uh for jc jackson but for in most cases the last two years he has been in the top two for uh deep balls thrown against jc jackson's one of the best corners um he's ranked 10th this year in overall corners and he really has shown up he shut down marquise brown last week and i think marquise brown's a a better wide receiver i think he's a more athletic wide receiver and you know this is kind of brandon cook's game is athleticism quick slants, far uh, deep routes, and I expect a full shutdown out of J.C. Jacks from from this game and, and really on because he did get embarrassed against the Jets, and I think that really resonated with him. Yeah, you saw him on the bench when he was getting – well, falling over himself and getting burned by Brashad Perriman. He was <laughs> livid. Like, yep. he angry at, not angry at anybody else but himself, and you love to see that out here. You, comp- you know, and, good competitive drive. And what he did in that game, he ended it on an interception. He got a pick – and since then has only allowed two receptions. Yeah. And and another thing with uh, Brandon Cooks, we've seen it for years on every team he's been on. He runs those fly routes and then just looks to draw contact. Great if you're an NFL team. Terrible for fantasy. You just right. move the ball 40, 50 yards because you drew a PI, but you didn't get eight points for it. So, yeah. sit your Cooks. Sit your Cooks. I'm going to sit CH this week. Heck yeah. I don't have to give any explanation. <laughs> you just sit him. I am beyond reproach. Check out the article. You'll get more info. You want me to uh, <laughs> So, it, uh, yeah, it's all in the article. No, they, there was a couple of points that I wanted to make. Uh, I made them kind of over the last couple of weeks. The the, the the most times that I'm, I'm looking at, at pass to run ratios for Kansas City, their highest run ratio, the percent of times that they ran the ball the most was against Buffalo when – Clyde Edwards-Hilaire handled the ball. He carried the ball, what, 26 times in four catches. He had 30 touches in that game. Since then, he hasn't topped 10 touches. Wasn't that like week like That was week six. That was week six. So in week six, Kansas City ran the ball 60% of the time. CEH had 30 touches. Then they get Lev Bell. They run the ball 50% of the time week seven against Denver. Then they rush the ball 38% of the time against the friggin' Jets. Then they run the ball 7% of the time against Carolina. In the last three weeks, they That's have right. run the ball 17% of their offensive plays. And not only to mention that, the snap percentages between CEH, Lev Bell, and Daryl friggin' Williams out of nowhere again are all hovering right around 35%. I don't know what the hell's going on with this backfield, and on top of that, coming out of the bye week, CEH is dinged up. He was on the injury report. He was, he's been removed. This just, to me, the combination of things just does not smell like something I want. I understand if you drafted CEH in the first round, you went against a lot of our advice to do that. <laughs> except for maybe Scotty, who'd probably be sitting here rolling his eyes at me. But if you drafted CEH early, I get it. He might be your only running back. If you took him later or if you have other options, if you won the James uh, Robinson sweepstakes, if you picked up, uh, hell, I mean, I, 
I might be willing to start Naheem Hines. I mean, Connor's a, 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 a or a J.D. McKissick, excuse me. Connor's a fantastic start. If you have other options, I would lean towards them and let CH prove to you that he is what what you drafted him to be. I just so, this whole thing is clouded well, in my opinion. They, they ran it seven percent of the time against Carolina, who we just watched the Bucks run rough shot over yeah. for two hundred plus yards. That's yeah. indicative of something. Whether they're not they don't feel effective running the ball or they know that they won't be. They're well, throwing it. I know. It, well, and here's in and sorry, Craig, I just want to point this out too. That was a close game. That was thirty three to thirty one. And they in Carolina almost came back to win that. Yep. The biggest concern was that as the pass catching back, he was only on the field thirty five percent of the snaps. Yep. Where the hell was he as the pass catching back? I know exactly what happened. <laughs> Andy Reid and and uh Greg Roman had a lunch. And he said, <laughs> I I need to figure out <laughs> What to do with my backfield? And Roman goes, hey, bring in a third guy. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it makes everybody happy. For those of you who don't know, Greg Roman, offensive coordinator for the Ravens. <laughs> yeah, who we've bitched about multiple times for ruining Ingram Dobbins. Oh, big time. With Gus Edwards. It's, it's honestly a week. probably true. <laughs> <laughs> they sat down and had a burger. I'm pretty sure Greg Roman's a pretty big dude, too. Andy, Andy Reid had a few burgers. <laughs> a couple two-tray burgers. You ever hear about yeah. his lunch orders, dude? He'll get like two steaks and a burger. <laughs> All I I just remember watching him at the draft in his Hawaiian T-shirt, looking oh, yeah. like a complete slob, <laughs> like he didn't give a shit. He's like, yeah, well, I'll draft this uh, small ass running back at a well, at a LSU. The first words after they won the Super Bowl was, "I'm going to go get a cheeseburger." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, Carl's Jr. will pay for that. One of the best offensive minds in the in the game. Yeah, so right. eat as yeah. many steaks and burgers as you want. Former right. NFL or not NFL, former uh, high school quarterback Andy Reid. Yeah. <laughs> Those Chris are, Tully looks up to him. Those are some of the best pictures out there. I highly recommend you Google Andy Reid high school football. It's amazing. Yeah, maybe we should put that. Wasn't on, uh, he the one Instagram. in the punt pass kick that was like seven feet? Like, he was humongous. Yeah, he's bigger than every. He was like he was like three feet taller than all the rest of the kids, and he was like fourteen. Kick. I know what I'm doing after the podcast. <laughs> all right, sleepers. Uh, we can talk about the sleepers. I hate my sleeper now. Hate it, <laughs> but I'm gonna stick with it. Uh, I picked Emmanuel Sanders as my sleeper because me, like the rest of the world, thought Jameis Winston was going to be the starting quarterback. Turns out Jameis wanted to punch uh, Peyton in the face. So uh, it now it's Taysom Hill. But I'll stick with Emmanuel Sanders for the fact that uh, one of the reasons I put Emmanuel Sanders as a sleeper was more or less because I think the Michael Thomas-Drew Brees connection has been something that's been so solidified in fantasy football. I mean, Michael Thomas is one of the most relevant wide receivers if not the best wide receiver, number one wide receiver in all of fantasy football. But that's not to say that with another quarterback, the second wide receiver on the Saints can't be effective. Emmanuel Sanders was has been phenomenal when he's been given the opportunity to be phenomenal. If Taysom Hill can pass the ball 25 to 30 times a game uh, or this Sunday – there's some value in being able to chuck Sanders out as a wide receiver four in some sort of desperation. I feel very much worse about this now that it's Taysom Hill because I don't yeah. think he's passing the ball 25 times in, the, yeah, in this think, game. I but think you should. I think you should feel a lot worse about it. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to stick with the sleeper just more or less because I don't have anything else. Yeah. I mean, that news broke, I think, literally an hour ago. So, uh, it was yeah. right, right before. Um, mine is... Start Taysom Hill as your sleeper. 
in tight end position for sure. Yeah. In your tight end, I'm starting position. on my tight end position. In if ESPN, you're in an ESPN league, they allow him at tight end. I actually looked at that on sleeper. I'm like, is freaking Tully going to be able to put him at the end? So my sleeper this week is Denzel Mims. Um, I mentioned with Joe Flacco earlier that he likes to uh, chuck the ball deep. You know, him and Perryman had a pretty good connection. Um, And I would expect the same. Uh, And if Perryman's out, Mims is absolutely going to be the guy. I'd have a lot more confidence if if Perryman is out. But even if Perryman plays, uh, I'm I'm starting to fade Jamison Crowder and increase Denzel Mims because of the fact that even just the eye test, I don't need to give you a stat. Flacco likes to throw deep. Um, and really has nothing left to lose. He's on the Jets. They they haven't won. Um, he's at the end of his career. So he's going to keep going deep. And uh, Mims is definitely a go-and-get-it kind of receiver. Uh, very athletic. Um, probably minimal route running ability at this moment. Um, so they're going to have, you know, a, a few, few design plays for him. And, uh, you know, they're playing the Chargers, who have not been good in the secondary all season long. So... Even as of late, they've been they've been pretty poor. So if there's a week that Mims is going to score, it's going to be this one. And um, I I don't want a bold bold prediction. I think you're going to do it. Though. I think the Jets get a win this week. Oh, that's disgusting. I think get, they, you I leave this room now. Do. I think they might. <laughs> I want Adam Gase. That'll get be zero brutal wins. for a lot of people in Survivor who are taking the Chargers. I already started coming through. I think there's 33 teams left in the Survivor pool. Like twenty five of them taking the Chargers. I, I have Killer. a sneaky suspicion. I mean, Flacco almost beat the Patriots, man. And I know that the Patriots have not been very good this year at all, but the Chargers have been worse. It's true, very true. Uh, but you did mention limited route running abilities for Denzel Mims. Perfect segue into my sleeper, Henry Ruggs. Very limited <laughs> route running ability, and I really wanted to make this pick just so I could remind everybody that high draft picks can fall very, very, very quickly. He was supposed to be the guy. The Raiders are bringing him in. This huge, fantastic athlete. Going to be the next you know, burner on the team. And now he's in sleeper territory, maybe even dart throw territory with how ineffective he's been this season. He's getting three targets a game at most. He's not turning it into much yardage. And he's a complete guessing game whether he's going to take a big one to the house or be completely you know, irrelevant and give you a zero spot. Taking him as a sleeper, I think he has a decent matchup with the Chiefs. I know they've been better against the pass, and they're actually ranked kind of towards the top of the league. But one broken route in a game where the Chiefs should be up, even though they lost to the Raiders before, but the Chiefs are going to come back in this one with a friggin' vengeance. I think they'll be up big. I think the Raiders will be chucking it, and I think Henry Ruggs is going to be burning downfield and maybe catch one. Worth a shot. Talk about yeah. athletes. He's one of the best ones in the league right now. He's fast. <laughs> Darius Hayward Bay. Pretty fast. The, the worst thing the Raiders could have done was say, hey, you know what we need for Derek Carr? Speed. Is speed. Hey, you know what Derek Carr can't do? Throw the ball down the field. Exactly. Oh, wait a second. The hell? I just out you know, Davis the shit out of the like, Raiders. Judy is such a better fit for that oh offense. Oh, my God. Ooh, Judy would have been phenomenal. So like, Carr actually has shown the ability to read a defense recently. It's always been arm strength with the kid. Yeah. He stinks. If you could have Nelson Aguilar, Henry Ruggs, Burners, and then Jerry Judy every other route instead of Hunter Renfro, or even Renfro and Judy and one burner, you're in a lot better shape. Well, they, I mean, remember Tyrell Williams on the IR, and they got Dar- Darren Waller. So, I mean, yeah. It, had they put Judy on there, there's a lot of combinations that you could have done across the field to confuse the hell out of the defense instead of said, hey, Ruggs, go run 50 yards downfield where a quarterback can't throw you the ball. Yeah. 
He goes, oh, he's wide open. Throw it to him. He goes, I can't reach that far, coach. <laughs> I'm trying. My noodle arm. <laughs> Uh, Scotty, uh, Scotty sleepers, KJ Hambone, <laughs> which is hilarious because I don't know if this should be Hamler and he just did a typo or the K should be a C and it's CJ Hambone, <laughs> C- the fullback <laughs> for the Minnesota Vikings. I actually, I actually put this in for him. I put KJ Hambone. It's Hamler. It's Hamler. Oh, it would have been funny if it was CJ <laughs> Hambone, which after he turned us down, he Screw never, that guy. Yeah, he'll never be on here again. You know, not a friend of the program. Not a friend of the program. Uh, I think two Mike weeks. Mike great start. Yeah. Hey, week. next time you're out on the field, Mike Kosicki, why don't you go run at CJ Ham for me? <laughs> <laughs> run at his kneecap. <laughs> uh, they play on the same side. Lizard game? Yeah. Hey, that'd be special. <laughs> so that'd be special teams. Kosicki needs to play on special teams. Okay, the hands team. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, Hambone. Ten targets last each game last two weeks. Yeah, he's getting involved. Oh, definitely. They also passing the ball a lot. Yeah, it's honestly Which all good. Them. It's Judy, Patrick, Hamler. Fantastic. Yeah. That's what you want. Yeah. Bad running offense and uh, three good wide receivers. This team is going to be very interesting next year when Cortland Sutton comes back. Yeah. And it, another year of lock. It's, if they can get that offensive line figured out, man, they have a pretty good offensive yeah, defense. But think about it. Tim Patrick's a good wide receiver. Yep. So isn't KJ Hamler. Yep. Judy's fantastic. Yep. And Sutton's fantastic. And Fanta's good. And fantasy good, and they have Gee, and they have Gordon and Lindsay who are fine. Yeah, run four right. wide receiver sets every yeah, week. Get, yep. get your offensive oh, yeah. line. Screw out. running the ball. Yeah, shotgun spread four out. Beautiful. You said, trying to you said the record patch. earlier was three and six. Yeah, keep losing out. Get a good offensive lineman, man. Yeah, pick a so, top top tier O line. Draft one, sign one. You're good to go. They'll get Von Miller back next year too. Yeah, on defense. Yep. It's all it took for Indy. Mm-hmm. Indy's offensive line went from the worst in the league to second best in the league with one player. Yeah. Well, and firing Chuck Pagano. That. And hiring Frank Reich. I can't remember if that was the same year or not. But Quentin Nelson is a freak. You're probably right. You don't, Frank, get, a, you don't get a lot of Quentin Nelsons in the uh, in the old draft. Yeah, Eagles had a top uh, offensive <laughs> line when Reich was the coach there. He left. Yeah, look what happened. <laughs> they The Eagles made a mistake letting him go. They should have cut Peterson. He wasn't supposed to go. Quick. It was supposed to be McDaniel's job. <laughs> they got to figure out what they're doing in, in Philadelphia as far as the injuries are concerned. They, their whole strength and conditioning and their whole staff should be fired. Like. And it, you know the funniest thing is actually now that I mentioned that I saw on Twitter somebody made that comment their whole uh, medical staff and strength condition should be fired and the kid the first comment was they just did that last year <laughs> <laughs> so this isn't getting any better yeah it feels like every other week Elaine Johnson's hurt yeah it's because he's supposed to be like a hundred and ninety five pound quarterback and he somehow bulked up to three hundred pounds his body can't support and he's getting injured because of it. I mean, he got popped for steroids multiple was, times. There's a reason you're that big and your body can't take it. He was my favorite uh, little uh, trick in Madden 2015. <laughs> I moved him to tight end. There you <laughs> go. He had nine tight end. Yeah, he was, he was like a 99. Yeah. So I don't 300 pound tight end. He had a 65. I, I looked through. He had a 65 uh, catch number or rating. He didn't catch the ball for the Philadelphia Eagles. Not many people do. <laughs> that team, uh, that team's poo-poo right oh, yeah. now. I mean, if Doug Peterson saw that, he might be like, hey, can you play some wide receiver for me? You know, yeah, Doug right. Peterson might be the issue to that whole team. I refuse to believe it's Carson Wentz. Though Carson Wentz isn't doing anything to help his cause. So. No. As soon as I hopped on the Carson Wentz train, he's really uh, like undercut me and proved why I should, yeah. shouldn't he's, have. He's had uh, okay games. Yeah, and again, it all doubles back to you can't throw the ball if you have no time to do it, and you can't throw the ball if nobody's open. So... You got no wide receivers, you got no O line, and your running game can't get started because of all of that. What are you going to do? 
Yes. You get hammered a thousand times, and you, yeah, you, get, you start and seeing you, ghosts. And you turn the ball over. You turn a into bunch. Sam Darnold. You start you, seeing you ghosts. You pray you there. don't get hurt again for the nineteenth time. The yeah. thing that I love about Wentz is he's just a baller. Like yep. that's the thing is he'll he'll be like, oh yeah, well I have no time. I have no wide receivers to throw the ball to. I'll just run around, scramble around. Then I'll tear an ACL, and then shit. Nick Foles is gonna get cut by Chicago. Come over to Philadelphia. They'll go to the Super Bowl and be like, Nick Foles is a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Yeah. And yeah. Like, how about that? Nick Foles, Super Bowl winning quarterback. Stole it right out. Solving from all the sh- all the Chicago problems. Ugh. Fuck Nagy. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, this is a podcast. 116. Okay. 116. We're going into week 11. Oh, shit. Hold on. We got burner picks. Oh, we got the burner picks. We, oh. got, the, we got the burner picks. I got to bring up the burner picks. Okay. Burner Burner week 11 picks. Lock of the week is New England minus two. Okay. I'll take that. Oh, I'm fine so, with that. Yeah. Definitely fine I mean, with that. minus two means we are the underdog by two. Nope. We're the favorite. We're the favorite by two. Favorite by two. Favorite by two. That's what I said. Baldy would come here and smack you. Uh, we probably should have invited him over here for a 10-minute little segment here. Uh, spread play of the week, Miami favored by three and a half. Over, uh, who are they playing? A team in the NFL. Cool. That is a fantastic point. They're playing the Denver Broncos. They're playing the Denver Broncos. <laughs> yeah, okay. They're playing the Broncos. Like, who I'm else are they playing? The AFL? <laughs> AAF? Garrett Gilbert's playing two games this week in two different leagues. Odds play Atlanta Moneyline. That's a. Eh. 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 I wonder what that looks like now that they've confirmed Taysom Hill as the starting quarterback and what it was prior to that. And I mean, and Calvin Ridley's coming back. That's fantastic for, for them, but that's a tough one. I yeah. mean, Saints have a pretty decent defense, but... What is the money line? Did he give you the number? No. Well, I think money line is just uh, can, who wins. Yeah, I can. But you're, I can you're, just picking who, you're just picking who wins. The... the the, I'm I'm curious about the betting line. So the betting line is plus one fifty five. Okay, I'm curious so to what, see how that changes now that Taysom Hill's out. Yeah. But the uh, odds play of the week is Atlanta over the Saints at the time as plus one fifty five. If you get an update on that, shout it out. Uh, parlay of the week: Green Bay money line, New England favored by two. Minnesota favored by two for a betting line of plus six to eight. Guys, the Chargers are minus nine favorites over the Jets. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. The Jets suck. They should stomp them. I might just put some money down on this. Oh, boy. On the Jets to win? On the Jets. Dude. You get a huge of payout. All, yeah, I'd get a huge payout. I mean, it'd be, yeah, it'd be solid. If I put a lot of money down, which I'm not gonna do, put a hundred. Well, I mean, on if you it. put like if you put like ten bucks on it, I mean, you probably make thirty, thirty-five, or you probably more than that. Put a hundred on it, and make three hundred. If, if you put ten, I mean, on, you put a thousand on it. Did you get an update on that line for? Uh, yeah, it Atlanta? started at one hundred five, and now it's to one fifty-five. So it's shifting rapidly. They were also oh, originally. So they, th- well, no, the the spread hasn't changed that much. So they're three point favorites now, three and a half point favorites. Nope, now they're up to four and a half, five. Started at three, now it's up to five. So Atlanta is five point favorites right now over the Saints. Yep. And the money line's at one fifty five. Yep. Still. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, DraftKings Vegas. What do you <laughs> look at DraftKings? This is betting pros. It's just a con. Uh, no, it's just a thing. Yeah, it's a little sign I use. But yeah, there's DraftKings is probably a little bit different, but it's all usually within the same range. 
Uh, I'm gonna, I'll recap that. Lock Plus of the week, three, New England favored by two. Spread play of the week, Miami favored by three and a half. Odds play, Atlanta money line. And then the parlay, we got Green Bay money line, New England favored by two, Minnesota favored by seven. That is the burner pick of the weeks. Scotty's got him up on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Top shelf, FNTSY. We'll just segue out of here. Uh, what is this? Podcast 116, November 20th. Top shelf fantasy. Stay fluid. Stay loose. <laughs> Thank you.